shouldn't let other people dictate how you write your story, but at the same time, you should also keep in mind who your audience is. Yeah. If I'm trying to write a story that I want to publish on Royal Road, yes, I've got a list of half a dozen topics that I'm just going to avoid. I feel okay making those compromises and not writing about those things because I know that it will cause pushback from my audience. This is the Crit RPG Podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything Lit RPG, Progression Fantasy, and Royal Road. Hi everyone and welcome to the Crit RPG Podcast. The only podcast where the podcast host bullies someone into using their camera. With me today is Emergency Complaints. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. How are you? I'm not doing terrible. Thank you so much for asking. It's That's one of those things that the Americans do that I never, never really get. Right? Found that if I'm honest about how I'm doing, people ask follow-up questions. So anybody asks, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, you know, stuff like, are you really, are you really sure? Or uh, can you tell us where you were on Friday evening? I, I totally get that, yeah. Where I was on Friday evening. Likely home, because uh, home is where I'm always at, because I work from home do now. You, and, and that gives more follow-up questions, like, do you have anyone who can verify that? Like, I totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah, right. Mm. You know, follow-up questions. People get nosy. They want details. <laughs> And you have to talk to people like who wants that? Like, exactly. I, I work from home for a reason. Yeah, you write books. Right. Are you a full time writer? I am now. <laughs> Didn't used to be, but today and I am. Wonders of the economy. But okay, so you have four books, you said, like four book series, right? Uh, yes, kind of. Okay, which one do you, you want to talk if about? If you go first? look at my my profile, mm -hmm. you'll see four books there. Um, okay. But one of them was just kind of like, I went on vacation, but writing is also my hobby. So when I was on vacation from my job writing, I wrote some more. And I happened to go on vacation right when they were doing a write-a-thon. So I'm like, eh, uh, I can knock out 60,000 words in a week. That's not, you know, mm -hmm. well, it was a bit more, but it ended up being like two or three weeks. But I just wrote like this little story that has no real audience on Royal Road at all. So that got like 200 followers and never went anywhere, which was fine because it was only 60,000 words. And I just did it for fun yeah. because right on and I was on vacation. I mean, but not counting that I, one, three stories. I mean, I did, kind of did the same thing, right? Um, I was like, hey, write a thon. That's great. So I just wrote something real quick and it has like 50 followers. And I'm good with that because if I had more, I would hit Rising Stars and I would have to write more, which I can't because I don't have time. So we're good. Yes, then that's what that story was. It's a cute little story. It is not what Royal Road likes. I was not expecting it to be like a smash success or anything. Eh, but technically I wrote four. So what's it about? Uh, so the story that I wrote for Writeathon is about mm -hmm. a magic talking dog whose owner is a wizard who leaves for basically Wizard Con um, to show off his potion that he made, except that he leaves mm -hmm. the potion behind sitting on the counter. So she takes the potion and goes on a cross-country trip, Homeward Bound style, to bring it to him. Only, to, actually, no, I don't want to tell that part because that's spoiling it for anybody who actually wants to read it. That's the premise of the story. We won't talk about what happens when she gets there. If you want to know, you got to read it and find out. Awesome. I mean, that's just awesome, right? Uh, and it's really wholesome. And I kind of wonder why Robo doesn't like it. Are uh, the numbers? Uh, well, 
for one, it's like 60,000 words long because that's right of on. And we know Royal Road likes longer stories. For another, it's basically like middle grade fiction. Nothing bad happens. It's a magic talking golden retriever um, and the interesting people she meets along the way. Her name is Lemon. Uh, the, the cover is just a golden retriever that like, I think uh, some AI program night cafe, I think it was, I made it on. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely not marketed to Royal Road. It's just there because I write on Royal Road. Well, I thought it looked fantastic. So there's, yeah. there's that. I mean, the people who read it liked it. Just not very many people read it because it wasn't something that looked interesting to them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, and also I'm, I'm the kind of guy who writes uh, female MC sci-fi psychological thrillers. So, um, eh. but yeah. No, I, did, cool. I did have one guy catch this. When I put the story up, I checked the attractive lead box for my golden retriever main character. One guy in my comments was like, hmm, that's a little suspicious. I think it's awesome. I thought it was a hilarious uh, joke myself, but only one person ever noticed it. <laughs> no, wait, this is wrong. Ah, oh, there we go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, cutting that out too. Um, okay, well, while you're cutting it out, let me take another drink real quick. Do it. No, I also cut. I I, I I do my drink breaks um on camera, and I think that's fine. Okay. Okay. So, well, if not lemon, which is objectively the best story, uh, what do you want to talk about then? Which one? Uh, I guess it depends. How far back do you want to go? Should I start at the beginning, or do you just want to talk about my ro- most recent one? Why don't we start talking about the time you moved to Bel Air? Well, worked Philadelphia, born and raised, playground mm-hmm. where I spent most of my days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of it's copyrighted. <laughs> okay. No, but actually, before we started the podcast, which is right. stuff that you can find in the bonus material on Patreon, link down below, you said that, well, you started writing because you were made redundant from your job. So I used to be a mortgage underwriter. And Mm -hmm. as pretty much everybody who lives in the United States knows that 2020 and 2021 mortgage industry went crazy. You know, COVID was happening. I'm not sure how that made houses more desirable, but it did. Um, So mortgage companies hired tons of people, just Mm -hmm. tons and tons of them. I never even made it into the company. I went in for an interview and then my first day they were like, everybody's working from home now. Um, can you work from a computer? Should we send you one? And I'm like, yeah, I've got a computer. And then they decided to send one anyway. Um, but yeah, for like two years, I, I worked in the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. And then in 2022, everything shrank and the Fed started raising interest rates and mm-hmm. the housing market got smaller and houses got more expensive and people couldn't afford them. And nobody else was doing refinances because why would you refinance a house to 10% interest when you could get it for 3% a year ago? Mm-hmm. So me and several thousand of my coworkers found ourselves unemployed. But my company had this weird thing where they didn't want to say they'd ever laid anybody off. So my options were take like a 70% pay cut to go to some other department where I would then be churned out for, you know, not having enough work to do or take a 10 week severance. Hmm. I'll take 10 weeks of pay. Mm -hmm. And that gave me 10 weeks to find a new job. So I could put in a bunch of applications or I could, you know, take a stab at this thing I'd been doing as a hobby for over 20 years and start writing. Mm-hmm. So I started writing 
And I did it just like my job. I got up at the same time. I sat down in front of my computer at the same time my shift would have normally started the week before. And I wrote for eight hours. And I did it the next day and the next day and the next day. And then I took a break for a week to try out the new WoW expansion. And then I went back to writing because the WoW expansion was no good. Uh, I don't know. Something about Shadowlands just didn't do it for me. So I got one oh, to max level and said, yeah, we're just going to unsub again. This was not. That was Shadowlands? Yeah, yeah. Same thing here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tried it. I got one character to max level and I went, I don't want to do any of this. And I unsubscribed. Yeah, I and went back to writing. So if, other than that one week off, I wrote eight hours a day. And at the end of the month, mm -hmm. I had about 100,000 words. And that was my first book, Ascendant. Mm -hmm. So I went and I put that up on Royal Road. Mm -hmm. And about eight weeks after I was no longer on, or no longer employed, I'd made about $300 from my writing. And then next month I made another thousand and I said, well, that's not really enough to live on, but I've got money in the bank still. So let's keep trying. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, that was, that was about the peak. $1,100, $1,200 for a month was about what I made. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, maybe I just didn't hit the market right on this one. I did all right. I did, I did well enough to encourage me to keep trying. So I released mm -hmm. my second story, which got more followers faster and less Patreon conversions. And I'm like, oh, God, I've got to go back to work now. I can't live on $400 a month. It's just, just doesn't work. And then Podium sent me a message on Royal Road one day asking if I'd be interested in publishing with them. Hmm. So they got those two series, uh, three books in each, so six books total. And the advances allowed me to keep writing from April 2023 up to today. Mm -hmm. Um which was great because when they or when they sent me that message, I was already putting in applications and going, oh, no, I don't want to do this. Don't make me go back to work. Can I just please keep writing? So One second. Podium saved me. Dramatic lighting. Can you move the mouse again so we have, like, the white screen again so your face is lit? <laughs> yes, that is my uh, my desktop three monitors we were talking about. That uh, Which is very good lighting. Yeah, they all just have Word documents pulled up on them. But every now and then it yeah. goes to screensaver. Uh, where do you want me to start over at on that? Um, no, I think I think we're good. It was a very dark time in the podcast, <laughs> so it's okay. <clears throat> right. All right. So anyway, so dramatic you... lighting. The light comes back on. Mm -hmm. I started writing Kieran about mm -hmm. three quarters of the way through writing the God Machine, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't know if people are going to like this one or not, but uh, we're going to give it a go. And it turned out people did like it. Yeah. So What's everything I, I learned written on the first two, I kind of applied and said, here's the things that big list of things Royal Road readers do not want to read about. And I didn't write about any of those things. Oh, man, that makes, makes so much sense. Like, I'm procrastinating right now. I've procrastinated the entire day today, but uh, tomorrow I will, you know, go back to rewriting. But what you're saying about learning more by finishing books makes complete sense. Um, I, I've recently begun to think that maybe I'm making a mistake by rewriting the book for the second time, but I want to finish it. God damn it. So let's go. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing it mostly for me, uh, because I am still learning a lot, but now the time is good for me to just, you know, put it out there and say like, Hey, this is as good as it, as it gets. Right. I think on the subject of rewriting a book, it really depends on what your goals are. Mm. If you're trying to make as much money as possible which I'm not, despite what some people in my comments have said, I'm just trying to make enough to pay my bills, which isn't even that much. It's like $15 an hour. I'm trying to make more than I would make working at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. If you're not trying to make a bunch of money, rewriting is great. You can learn from your mistakes. You can say, here's what I did wrong. 
here's, you know, the feedback I got. If you're trying to, you know, pay all of your bills on your writing and not have to put in applications and put on a hat and a name tag and make some money that way, then rewriting is not great because you've already seen that that story didn't do great and people aren't going to be too terribly willing to give it a second shot. I don't think, see, I keep thinking that um, once the, because the start wasn't all that good and people who got over the start loved it, but people who mostly said like, hey, look, the start isn't all that great. Um, And I'm really going to see, I mean, I'm going to re-upload it on Royal World again and uh, put some ads on and kind of see if the conversion rates changes. Um, because yeah, I kind of want to see if I can, if I can break my record, um, have the conversion rate be even higher than before, because if I do, then I could just, you know, keep going because I think I've, I'm, I'm actually pretty, pretty okay now, but anyway, um, so right. You wrote Kieran, how, how high is it right now? Like what's the, um, what's the follower count? Like you can't look right now because Royal Road is down. Down for maintenance. Yep. Um, I don't need to look because I obsess over my stats and numbers. I have like a whole big Excel sheet where I'll show it to you at some, some point. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like 300 lines long of me taking uh, basically just timestamps of data and adding them. Mm -hmm. But I know that as of this morning, it was at 4,935 followers. Which is great. It's like, it's really great. That's, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's way more than I thought it would get. Mm-hmm. And Patreon is bringing in enough money that I'm like, I pay my mortgage, I pay my car payment. The electric company's getting some money this month. I might even buy groceries. What? Oh my god! Like, slow down there. <laughs> I know. What's 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 next? Like heating? Man, I don't want to be greedy. <laughs> just throw on a sweater. Yeah, that's fine. But um. um yeah, I've kind of talked about money a lot, and I think that's mostly because I caught some random comment at the top of my dashboard the other day mm-hmm. calling me a sellout. No, excuse me, not a comment. I got a review yesterday saying something like, I can't tell if this is AI or just a cheap cash grab, but Royal Road is a place for artists, not degenerates. Don't give this guy any money or something like that. Just the weirdest review, and I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be insulted or just confused. But it kind of stuck in my head as a weird thing to say um, mm-hmm. because nobody goes into writing because they think they're going to make a ton of money on it. I, yeah, I mean, no. it's not too hard to find a job making $15 an hour, and mm. that's more money than you make writing for almost anybody. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I think I, don't, I think it was John Beers uh, who encouraged people to n- only start writing full-time once it was not losing you money. So. That's pretty good advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, but good. in my case, I was down to $0 a month income. So it was really easy to hit that hurdle. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I thought I can totally see it. Like uh, I'm still on the job hunt, but um, in the magical wonderland of Germany, you get really good unemployment benefits if you got fired. So um, yeah, I, I'm okay <clears throat> until November, which is okay. And I'm going to find a place that actually where I can work at that's nice and where I don't feel as stressed out so that I can actually, you know, right on the side. It's going to be fun. Right. But yeah, hmm? that's a plan. That is Make a it happen. Plan. I was actually, I wanted to ask you to kind of talk 
more about Kieran actually, right? So sure. what is it about for people who don't know it yet? Um, and yeah, how did it come to be? Okay, so basically, I'm going to back up a little bit before I talk about Kieran and talk about my first book mm -hmm. that I posted on Royal Road Ascendant, mm -hmm. which is what a guy who was pretty much top of the world in terms of raw power. And he goes from top of the world down to basically nothing and gets de-aged down to a child with no memories and then has to, you know, start working his way back up again, figure out who he was, mm -hmm. who's after him. And I did some things right. And I did some things that in hindsight, I would not have done. And I kind of wanted to revisit the base concept of a, a child with a ton of power. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of similarities in I don't want to say the opening chapters, but just the concept of my first book and Kieran, where mm -hmm. Kieran starts with a man who is, again, oh, yeah. at the very top of the world, peak of raw power, mm -hmm. um, except that he's also really, really old. Uh, I don't know if you know a lot about getting old, but things start to hurt all the time, and there's not a lot you can do about that, as I'm, I'm learning 34. myself. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a thing that starts happening in your 30s, uh, especially if you've put on a lot of weight from COVID. Ah, uh, and you just, uh, there's not a lot you can do about it. Mm. So here I've got a guy who is devoting the majority of his magic to extending his lifespan, keeping himself functioning. And he's just like, I can't do this anymore. I need a permanent solution. So he starts researching soul magic and the reincarnation cycle. And he says, I've got it. I'm going to give myself a new body. By that, I mean, I'm just going to let the reincarnation do the work for me, give me a new body, but I want to keep all of my memories because I'm a badass super archmage and, you know, mm -hmm. we don't want to lose that. I've been working 2,000 years at all my magic. So he figures out how to do that. And then chapter one starts and it's him basically waking up in his new body, except that he's not a newborn. He's like three or I think it was two. Mm -hmm. And he's going, okay, well, something has gone wrong because I should have had all my memories from the start. And yay, I skipped potty training, but what the hell, guys? <laughs> and also, why isn't there any mana? Because there isn't. Like, at all. The only thing people have is what they're making themselves, but there should be a bunch of it just, you know, suffusing the air and the rocks and the mm -hmm. rivers and all of that's gone. So that puts some major cranks in his pants. Mm -hmm. He just had all these things, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and all, and all of a sudden he's got no mana for any of it. It's like, just no budget. All the things I would do if I had all the money in the world, and I plan on being reborn with all that money, but then <laughs> I would be oh, born no. poor. Oh, no. uh, so that that's his problem at first, and the opening chapters are a lot of him struggling with that, trying to save up mm -hmm. what he needs to begin the process of regaining all of his old abilities and powers to regrow his access to it, to everything that he needs. Um, and without getting into a lot of spoilers, of course, things go wrong because it wouldn't be much of a book if it was just straight up to the top again. That books like that exist, you know it, right? And people right, like they're hundred percent, absolutely. But how do you how do you write more than like fifty, sixty thousand words when it's just a straight climb up with no hardships and no hurdles? At what point does it become boring because nothing is ever happening other than he wins? I think what people like, if you write that, I think right. what you do, you write it more like a travel log, right? So, hey, what's the next cool encounter that I can have and overcome really easily? Um, or what are the new, like, new wonders in the universe that I can, I can see? Like, I, can, I can see that being interesting, um, very relaxing. 
because you know nothing is going to go wrong. But um, totally agree with you. It wouldn't be a book that I would write. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you can do that. That's kind of more like a slice of life thing, which is yeah. a bit hit or miss on Royal Road. Um, if you don't have a lot of conflict, or even if you do have a lot of conflict, but it doesn't feel threatening, mm. like there's no stakes to it, I feel like it can, it gets kind of dull and boring. Mm. That's a kind of story that you've got a cool premise, and then you wrote it, but there's not really much to do after that other than redo it in a new setting. Mm. But that's the same story again in a new setting. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. So I had to give him some problems, which is why I made him have no mana, because if he does, then he can just problem solved. Um, which is actually a challenge, because as he grows, of course, he needs to get access to more of it so he can do better, cooler, bigger things, which mm -hmm. means I need bigger, meaner, stronger problems. But that doesn't work because he's not the only one who is completely starved for resources. Oh, so, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at working on book two right now is how do I create challenges? Oh, no. Things have gotten dark. Darkness. Uh, that's what you get when you use a computer monitor for your lighting and it keeps going to screensaver. <laughs> uh, I should have probably disabled that before we started, but I didn't think to and it's too late now. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so like I was saying, so that's kind of where I'm at on book two, mm. where he's got stronger opponents who have more resources by virtue of having had more time to collect and gather and save them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I got to figure out something for book three and four and see how that all goes. Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> like there's always the point where, where people give you their ideas, right? And I'll try to not do that because it's your book. But yeah, I, you'll figure it out. Oh, I mean, I've got ideas. I just haven't written them down yet. And the thing about ideas is they sound great. And then you write 300,000 words and you're just like, all right, I'm going to use this idea. Wait a second. Damn it. If I do that, then I've got to go back and rewrite like 80,000 <laughs> words in book two because it would completely invalidate all of that and it wouldn't work. See, Crap. And I just do that. Don't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. I mean, do you plot? Do you? Uh, and if yes, to what extent? Okay, so I used to. And what I discovered was that I could sit down and write a 20,000-word outline for a 100,000-word book, and by chapter three, I'd have gone completely astray from it, and nothing <laughs> after that would work anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if I'm not going to bother to follow them, what's the point of writing them? Yeah. So my outlines for the later books are like three sentences mm. total, yeah. not for each book. Three sentences yeah. total. One thing that I've found that works is, is it's a rolling, a rolling outline, you know? You okay. you write what you still need to write at the end of your uh, of your current chapter, and you like in Scrivener you just like split it into into new chapter every time, um, and okay. that actually kind of works because it, at the end of the book, most of the lines that you added should have already been removed again, and that's kind of okay. Um, but yeah, there's it helps with characters suddenly talking about stuff that they have no business talking about and then completely derailing, but it's still a struggle. Right. Uh, I, I tried Scrivener once and I'm like, this is a lot of buttons that I don't know what they do or where they're at. Um, so I don't have that function. I just write in plain old Microsoft Word. It works for yeah. me. I will say what I've found is if I want to do a lot of work pre-writing, the best place for me to put my efforts into is world building. Mm -hmm. If I start making characters and magic systems and determining how things work and what the geography looks like, 
it's a lot easier for me to write a story that takes place there versus if I try to outline what the story is going to be and then end up not following it. So are characters part of world building for you? They are not necessarily your protagonist, but like if I'm sitting down, for example, mm. I'm sitting down to write book two and I'm like, all right, I need the antagonist. I need all of the bad mm. guys who were kind of referenced in book one, but didn't have an appearance. So again, I went back to Excel and I just made a big old spreadsheet that listed out like 12 different bad guys and you know oh, what they looked like and what kind of special items they had and what their favorite spells were and how they felt about each other and other people in general. Do they floss on Fridays? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so those characters are part of my world building for book two. Mm -hmm. And even then when it's just a spreadsheet where each character has a couple of lines for their personality that fits into a single cell, like three sentences, I still didn't manage to follow it. I that's kind yeah. of a kind of okay though, right? For me the best the best part about writing is just to see where it takes me. And yes. um I can I I wish I could be like Travis Baldry who knows those characters before he even starts to write, which would be amazing, but I don't. I really don't. Like my characters are wild beasts that do shit that they really shouldn't be doing. So we'll see. Yes, but that's the fun part. Because the surest way for me personally to lose interest in writing a story is to outline the entire thing and know how it all goes. Well, now mm. I don't need to write it or need to write it. I already wrote the outline mm. and I get bored with it. So if I know where everything's going, then I'd get bored mm. and I don't write. Mm -hmm. So yeah. not, not a big plotter. Um, it's, I think any... being at that point right now, right? Because a rewrite is basically you, you have a giant, gigantic outline and you're following that again. Um, I'm not completely rewriting everything, but the joy of exploration gets kind of um, replaced by this joy of like getting to a destination, um, right? So like, you know where I'm going and it's it's cool. I can, I know where I'm going, but I agree with you. The plotting itself and then kind of just like sticking with that plot the entire time is not very enjoyable to me either. So, yeah. I guess I try to look at it, a rewrite as kind of like you cut out all your puzzle pieces and now you're mm -hmm. going to put them together, yeah. which can be fun to, you know, mm -hmm. see everything come back together again, only better and smoother with less rough edges. Um, but it's not as fun as making a new puzzle to me. Yeah, that's true. Very true. I mean, it is still fun, but um, the anxiety about, you know, taking a piece out of the Jenga tower and then completely collapsing it without even realizing it is is there definitely is there so yeah i i think uh that would be a thing i'd be like it would just be in the back of my head all the time if i do this do i invalidate the next sixty thousand words that i've already written because now it's got to go in a completely different direction i yeah. want to go in this other direction but then i'm not rewriting anymore i'm writing a new story and then you've written yourself into a corner before you've even written any words at all and you're like oh no oh no i need to change everything like it's fun, but it's also frustrating. But talking about, you know, uh, in general ideas and processes and tools, what's the best advice you've ever gotten as a writer? Well, 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 it's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under critrpg.podcast at gmail.com. For now, I just finished the first book in my own series, Torchbearer. 
If you like a slow burn story about weak to OP main characters, mixing magic and technology and numbers going up, you might also enjoy this one. You can find the link to my link tree down below. And that's all for now. Thank you very much for listening and or watching, and let's get on with the show. Um, so I've gotten tons of advice. Uh, to go back to my evil origin story, I lost my job, and I'm like, all right, I've tried posting things on Railroad before, and I got like 50 followers, and that's obviously not enough to do anything, so I want to do it right. And I know that I'm okay with the writing part, but there's so much more to it. So this guy was doing an AMA, on, I think it was Our Progression Fantasy. So I sent him a message saying, hey, can I ask you some questions? And then I took up like six hours of his life. And he was so nice about it. And I'm going to shout him out when we get to that point. Because actually, I'm going to shout him out right now. His name is Quill. He writes Firebrand mm. and a couple other things. And I'll mm. shout him out again. And he'll get a double shout out later. Um, and he just, so much advice. Because the thing is, being a successful writer in part means selling out to understanding that you're a slave to the algorithm. Yeah. It means you need to understand how often you should post and how long your chapters should be, what the optimal numbers for all of these metrics are, mm -hmm. and kind of keeping that in mind when you're writing. Mm -hmm. um, so I got tons of advice from him about, you know, if you can post you know, Monday through Friday. If you can post Monday through Sunday, even better. But the more frequently you post, the better off you're going to do. Your optimal mm -hmm. chapter length is like 2,000 words. Mm -hmm. um, when you set up your Patreon, you want to have three tiers. And these are the numbers of chapters each tier should have. Just tons mm -hmm. and tons of technical advice. The kind of thing you don't find in books on how to be a writer because they focus on how to write, not mm -hmm. how to do all of the other stuff you have to do when you don't have a publisher who does it for you, which yeah. is 99.99% of everybody who posts on Royal Road doesn't have a publisher saying, here's how you do this, here's how you do that. Don't worry, we'll take care of this problem. You just focus on writing. If you're going to be an indie writer, a self-published writer, that's part of the job. So getting mm -hmm. advice on how to do all of that was by far the most helpful advice I've ever gotten as a writer. So the thing is that even if you have a publisher, I mean, you have a publisher right. now, you still need yes. to publish your own Royal Road stuff. Patreon is yes. not getting done by a publisher either, right? Yeah, yeah. My, my advice would definitely be to to learn how as much as anyone can because the guy mm -hmm. who does all that stuff on Royal Road is not telling and he changes it at least semi-regularly. I think if people get too close to figuring it out, he's like, no, out of spite, I'm changing how it works now. Yeah, Kana is great. Um, I I kind of get why he's doing it though. Because as, oh, as, yeah, 100%. as big as Royal Road is, um, both Wing and Kana are still running it like a fan site, which is insane, but also great, I think. Because great that for us, keeps but it... insane for them. If they're okay with it, I'm totally fine with it, right? So I'm not going to tell them to, you know, sell Royal Road to Amazon. <laughs> Thank you. No. Like, it's it's great. It's great as it is. Yes. Um, but kind of does put in kind of insane hours keeping it that way. And I don't oh, yeah. really speak to Wing much regularly, but I imagine she's probably putting in a lot of work too. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, definitely you know, John... way more work than... Uh, we're not going to talk about my speakings with John. 
No, he's fine. I'm kidding. Uh, no, John, like, I, I talked to John the other, uh, like, last year at some point, and I told him, like, this is, like, Sunday, dude. Why are you responding to tickets on Sunday? He's like, because I really love my job. I'm like, okay. That's interesting. So if the, if the three of them are happy, that's awesome. Right. Yeah, totally. And like I said, I, I'm glad the site works the way it does. But if it were me, I'd be like, we need to hire some help. <laughs> I want a day off every now and then. That is way more work than three people should be handling. Oh, totally. I think, I think they are hiring a new, um, a new tech guy. Um, but uh, believe I me. They we're talking about it, but I feel like it, what he said was finding something. somebody with the qualifications to do it is yeah. not easy. Yeah. And it's like they need to set aside, you know, six figures a year to pay that guy's salary easy. Yeah. So it's, he's been looking, but I don't know if they found anyone and I don't know what their bank account looks like anyway, if they can even afford it. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully. Right. Because this, at some point you just got to trust them and say, you guys know what you're doing. You've been running this site for years. If that's the best course mm-hmm. of action for you, that's what you think you should do. Then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me know if there's anything you need me to do to help. Yeah, exactly. Um, so all of, all of this advice that you've, that you've gotten, um, to go back to the main point before that's the best advice for that, that you got was to hear about all these, um, how to publish, when to publish and, um, which Patreon tiers you get because you don't get it anywhere else. Is that what you said? So you can go to a lot of places on the internet and people will talk about, you know, how to write, how to make Mm -hmm. engaging and interesting characters, how Mm -hmm. to set up your structure, how to do Mm -hmm. pacing and and plots and, and all that stuff. And that advice is everywhere. You can, Mm -hmm. you'll find that you'll trip over it without even really looking for it. If you go to like any sort of writing communities Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that advice is bad. It's good advice, but it's also very common and easy to find to have somebody sit down and say, Here's what you need to do. Here are the nuts and bolts of how Royal Road works. And if you want to be successful, mm-hmm. here are the things you need to do. Is so much more difficult to come across. Mm-hmm. Um, even like a lot of the guides, like I know there's one out there that the guy who writes Defiance of the Fall put out that's very popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's got a lot of good advice like that in there too. But for the most part, people talk about writing. They talk about how to write, not how to be a uh, one-person business because mm. uh, that's important too if you just write it and post it then nobody ever sees it you got to know how to market it you got to know how to make the algorithm work for you so that you'll get recommended to other people mm. what i found is a bit lacking still is uh, the mindset right because yeah that's that's another thing too is i think handling people... handle criticism hmm? yeah criticism is It's kind of different if you have a large following, like Mm -hmm. most people go to work, they work for somebody else. Their, their boss might come by and say, Hey, we're not happy with this thing. We need to take some steps to correct it. Mm -hmm. Remember office space, the movie from like the nineties. I don't, but. (laughs) Oh, well you should definitely watch it. It's a fantastic movie about a guy who works in a nine to five job cubicle farm office. But one of his stresses is that he's got so many bosses and he's in a meeting with the efficiency consultants and in a scene, 
And he says, and I'll tell you another thing, I've got eight bosses right now. So that really means every time I make a mistake, I've got eight different people coming around to tell me about it. So my only real motivation is not to get hassled. It's kind of the same. If I release a chapter and people don't like it, I get bombarded with the same message over and over again, complaining about something. And after the 30 or 40th person in two hours stops by to let me know they're unhappy with my work, it starts to get to you. So you really have to kind of adjust your mindset because Mm. it's not like they're all trying to attack you or criticize you, but there are Mm. so many messages that uh, it gets to be overwhelming. I actually Mm. had to step away and say, I'm not going to read comments anymore. Kieran has been significantly bigger than my previous books and it's got a ton more interaction and that's great. And I love that. But every time something negative comes up, it gets multiplied and explodes and just chips away at you. Yeah. So yeah, I, totally I had that. to just, mm. yeah, I just had to say, if, if you guys want to talk to each other, that's great, but I'm, I'm not going to be interacting in the comments anymore. I think the natural, natural way of that is to slowly move from Royal Road where there's like a huge audience to Patreon and then later on Discord beta reader groups. Um, right. So you still get the feedback, but. Right. Um, yeah. Patreon is, it's good, but it's also kind of an echo chamber because those are like Mm. your mega fans. Mm. Those are people who love the work you're doing so much. They're giving you money so you can keep doing it. So Mm. things that Mm. free readers would criticize, they'll gloss right over. Mm. Not always, but a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, They're a lot more forgiving of any flaws in the writing because they like what you're doing so much more that a few minor flaws don't detract from their enjoyment Mm. versus uh, other people who are more vocal and less, you know, invested in the story. And um, who have perhaps more time to type long ass comments. Um, but I, I, I agree with you and maybe the way of, you know, um, changing that is to find people that don't agree with you, but still read your stuff and voice their complaints in a reasonable fashion and then put them in the beta reader group too. Um, which is hard. Finding beta readers is basically impossible. Like, I found them. I found people on people who will, like, go through and leave typo corrections on every chapter. They'll find them for mm-hmm. me. And I say, hey, you want a beta read? Mm-hmm. You can read this story, but, like, 100 chapters ahead because I keep a huge backlog. Yeah. And just do what you're doing now. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, I'll do that. And then they disappear, like, within a week or two. I've probably gone through a dozen beta readers, and I don't think any of them have lasted more than, like, 30 or 40 chapters before they just stop. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, they're back on Royal Road beefing edit suggestions and stuff again. And I'm like, what happened? Still want to read it on Google Docs, I guess. I think it's the volume, right? You feel on Royal Road, it's cool because you log in, you do like 10 minutes and you like do the little edits and then you send, click send and you're done. But if you are looking at an entire book at once, it's overwhelming, I think. Right? Yes, that's pretty much exactly it. It, it almost feels like it becomes your job and now you're obligated to read it and find corrections and typos yeah. instead of just enjoying it and pointing out things that you saw. So yeah. beta readers, great. I appreciate when people do leave any typo corrections or comments like that, but very, very difficult to find somebody who wants to just do it. Yeah, totally. So mo- most of my 
Like, I'll, I'll, I go through, I write it, I go through, I edit it myself. And then the Royal Road readers go through and they find all the typos that I missed, and then I have to correct it and do a third pass. Which is, I think, normal. I think most people who actually have the benefit of having beta readers um, go through and they kind of um, write it, then edit it the first time, give it to the beta readers, edit it a second time, and then give it to Royal Road and do it a third time. Um, I I personally, I just put it on Royal Road, and whenever someone catches something, I go like, thank you. And then I correct it both in Royal Road and Scrivener. So, yeah. eh, just, just to know, just so that it sticks, but yeah. I mean, yep. must be nice. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, to be honest, I, most of my typo corrections come from Royal Road readers too. And I go back to my Word document, my master draft, my manuscript, because that's the thing I'm going to send to the publisher one day and I correct as much of it as I possibly can before yeah. it goes to the publisher, which yeah. book one for Kieran is with the publisher right now with an editor. Mm -hmm. And I've just got a sheet of all the corrections that Royal Road readers have given me since it went to the editor to make sure that those get caught. Oh, it's getting God. kind of long. We're into like our second page of corrections now. So it'll be interesting I, yeah. when it comes back to see how many the editor caught themselves and how many did they mm. missed too. Mm. Um, hopefully they catch all of them. I, I recently saw a thread on Facebook where someone said, Oh, I have to go through all of these edit suggestions from the, from the editor. Um, and that takes like three days. I'm like, what? Because yeah. one of my, one of our friends, he also got like an edit, uh, one of those edit sheets back and he went through it and it took him like five days and then he was like i'm done and he sent it back to the publisher with it with like hey i'm done thank you and they're like done with what and he's like i'm done with editing everything and they just said like oh, no. no so much work yeah that's five days gone <laughs> because yeah, they don't like that they they want you but, to, to answer the questions not hit accept yeah. on everything yep yeah yep yeah, I lost about three or four hours of work doing that the first time I sent a manuscript to the publisher and they sent it back. Not five days. Because like, I'm like, all right, what do you want me to do with this now that you've sent it back? But I'd already started. I'm like, accept that, accept that, no, decline that, accept that. And they're like, no, 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 don't do any of that. I'm like, okay, throw this file in the garbage, redownload from my email, start over again. Yeah. yeah. For my lit rpg that podium has it's an mm -hmm. all-day job to go through just answering the questions for my first story which was just regular progression fantasy there were a lot less questions because there were a lot less numbers for me to screw up oh, <laughs> oh nothing no. nothing is worse than like chapter three the editor's like shouldn't this number be 12 not 14 <laughs> no. yes well i wanted to carry that too for the next 70 some chapters so this is gonna be fun <laughs> Now I I had that too, and I was like, no, no, that robot just gives like fifteen more logic. It, it just gives fifteen more. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you you really just want to go in there and be like, no, he just, he got a, a plus two from this thing that I'm just adding in right now to make it work. Yeah. And like you have like this long ass fight scene, and it's beautifully written and prosaic, and there's like flowers around everything, and then at the end it's just like, oh, and then he also killed another goblin and jumped on him, and it gave him two or four XP. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Um, so I, I learned my lesson writing the God Machine. I will never, ever, ever do 
a crunchy lit RPG that has an actual experience total that's visible to the readers ever again. No, you will get Everyone. at best a percentage, and the rules for what that percentage are and how it moves will be undefined. Yeah, I just got 50,000 experience. Is that good? Is it bad? I don't know. We'll level up at some point. Yeah. Uh, oh, my I'm God. I'm on another lit RPG, and I completely scrapped even having an experience system. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. you get 10 skills, and each skill is leveled 1 through 10, and your level is however many skill levels you have. I've recently read Book of the Dead, and that yes. was very interesting because I love that system there because it always has a progression it says like you did this and like you were a human and uh, connected with other humans and that that means like you gained experience in your human form um or human class which is good right uh, right. but and then he levels up at some point at like arbitrary points where the story requires you to level up which i think is the best way of handling this these kind of things um i don't know Malus d i think he still writes very crunchy right so saw those uh, I read like book one and part of book two of Salvos, and then I kind of stopped following it. So I'm not sure what he's got going on anymore. Yeah, no, I mean probably he does. Um, he was very renowned for it, and he's got a he's got a numbers. Yes, he's got a thing for uh, whatever he's doing. Numbers. He's uh, doing something right because he's got way more success than I'll probably ever have. I mean, you're at four thousand five hundred. You can rise. Yeah. I'm I'm doing I'm doing all right. And yeah. I mean, basically, I'm kind of starting a couple months into year two of my writing career. So mm. I can't complain about where I'm at. Absolutely not. I mean, looking at people like, yeah, like, I mean, okay, Malice D and, uh, and Shirtaloon, for example, or um, First of Fire and Zogoth are examples that don't exist anymore. Because back then, right. just content was king. You just put out something regularly for a year and you had a billion followers. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, and I think in this day and age where, you know, rising stars every month, there's like 10 books, maybe 20 books on, on rising stars. And um, they all peak at about 3,000-ish followers, right? Mm -hmm. And then having 4,500 yeah. while you're still on number one is actually pretty good, I think. Because, yeah, the number will... I actually didn't really make it to number one. Another guy had a story out, and he beat me basically the whole time. I... Wait, no, wait. You had 4,500, and I, I saw you at number one, definitely. For about 12 hours, I had number one, and there then I you it back go. again. There you go. No. Yeah. I mean... So, like, the whole time, I basically, like, rose up and got to number two, and then just kind of sat there. And for a couple hours, when he started to drop, I went up to number one. And the next time I looked, he was back to number one. And I'm like, oh, come on. You had your turn. Who? No. I mean, like, when I... I think when when I put up Torchbearer, yeah. um, an author relaunched five of his 5,000 follower stories at the same time. Ouch. Yeah, no way. And, that, and that's the thing about Rising Stars is it can have really kind of anemic periods where there's not mm. a lot going on. There's not a lot of popular. There's tons of books that are sitting at like three to 700 followers. And you can get to number one with like 2,000 followers. Mm. And then 
if you try to launch a book right now, good luck because Actus has got something up and that's got 10,000 followers and Wolfstein has got something up. And I think that's at like 4,000 right now. Oh God. And like <laughs> the competition is fierce in January, which is why I launched Kieran in December because originally I was planning on launching it in January. And I'm like, no, this is a bad idea. <laughs> um, let me just see. Yeah. Yeah. Rise of the living forge right now is at 9,177. Actus does it again. Oh man! Yeah, so totally. you know, nobody who launched anything in January is getting first place because he's got that lockdown. Yeah, totally. And then Wolfshine too. You are completely right. That is insane. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like I said, if you go back to I think it was October, it was really dead. Like I think the top book in October yeah. only had like twenty two or twenty five hundred followers. Yeah, October was like was like super weird because um also no one read because they were all on vacation. Right. Right. So no yeah, one was at home then, and doing work uh, or reading at work, I should say. It's yeah. um you can you can kind of tell when people are off of work or commuting or on break <laughs> by the numbers of people on railroad is really fun. Yes. So my takeaway from that was my next book is launching October. <laughs> because there'll be no competition that that month. Okay, so one thing though, competition does float you up to um because yeah, because if there's a lot of good stuff then you're part of it it's a psychological thing right so it's like oh wow this thing has like 9177 followers and the next one has like 3050 so this almost five star rated thing at like 2500 followers right below that must be really good i'm really interested in that right so that's what happens um i think personally but yeah probably there's there's that, but then there are also people who like will only look at number one, maybe number two, and they're they're not scrolling down that list, which is why there is a huge jump where like when you go from number eleven to number ten and you show up on the front page, mm-hmm. and then when you go from number ten to number seven and you show up on the front page for all people who don't have an account or don't have a premium and are seeing ads, mm-hmm. and like your number of followers per day just will like triple immediately yeah. just from having yeah. the visibility. Yeah. Um, I was, I was at number seven um, for a short time, and I'm way okay with that. Uh, my book cover is actually part of the preview for the iOS app, so I'm good. <laughs> but yes. um, I feel like I remember yours because it was uh, kind of a GIF, wasn't it? It was animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing, I seen that one. That's really cool. Yeah. Can I do that? Turns out <laughs> I couldn't. You can. No idea how. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. Yeah, Never thought to actually I, message you and be like, "So how'd you do that?" I can, I can do that. I can tell you that. Um, it's not not that hard. But um, for all the for all the like fancy shenanigans I did, um, people didn't stick around to read. Uh, I, I do have like good retention, but I feel like you write sci-fi too, though, don't you? I write this. Torchbearer is a sci-fi psychological thriller lit RPG. It is not meta at all. Um, no, but not, that being not said, a little bit. I'm okay but, with that though, by the way, I'm okay yeah, with it not being meta because I hit my goal and my goal was to hit top 10. I should accomplished. Yeah. And people who read it to the last, like who read it, they are very awesome people um, and leave great comments. And I, every once in a while, like for you, probably you get this all the time, but I get 
one person who comments, thank you for the chapter on every single chapter. And I can kind of like track how fast they're reading, which is super interesting. So yeah. So yes. Cool. The first time that happened, I woke up and had like 47 notifications on my phone. And I'm like, what yeah. is going on right here? Because I'm used to, I, you know, I've been posting on Reddit for years. If I go to Reddit and I have 30 some notifications, that means I said something that pissed a lot of people off. So I'm like, oh God, what did I do? And there's just a guy going, thanks for the chapter. Thanks for the chapter. Thanks for the chapter. Thanks for the chapter. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And then I turned off uh, email notifications or whatever for comments. See, what's super sneaky though, at some point, like they do this for like 50 chapters. And then in chapter 27, they actually say something else. Yes. Once <laughs> so in a you while. have to go through everything. But yeah, it's it's actually I I do try to read my my comments. I um I don't read my comments in the first twenty chapters um yet because I know they are not good. I know they I need they need to be like okay. I shouldn't be saying this. They're they're good, but I know I can do I can do better. I know they have some flaws. Um, so I'm not reading the first twenty chapters because also I feel as though the the first twenty chapters. People who don't like the story, they drop up, drop off after twenty chapters. I said, like, hey, look, like this is not for me, and that's okay, that's cool. Um, but I don't need to read ten people telling me they don't like my story, um, which is fair enough. But I still struggle to like keep that distance, you know. Yes, that's what got me with Kieran was like because it was like my previous books were like 2,000, 2,200, 2,400 followers, and then Kieran kind of blew up, and with all those extra people came a lot of people saying. I don't like this story. This sucks. I don't like this thing. I don't like this choice. And uh, for the most part, I don't delete the comments people leave unless they're like, you know, really vulgar, mean, Mm. swearing at you, personal attack kind of comments, which you get occasionally. Those Mm. people are pleasant. Um, But, you know, for every one person like that, there's 100 people who are happy and fine with the story and just haven't commented Mm. anything. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, you gotta gotta kind of adjust your mindset to the idea that you don't have a boss, you have thousands of people giving you their opinion. And mm-hmm. invariably with a large number of people are gonna be people who are not polite about giving you their opinion. Yeah, absolutely. We're not happy with it. Um one of the biggest skills um I'm learning or have learned is to not take this personally kind of like let it just wash over you and then ask like, okay, cool. What's one thing that you would like to improve in here? I mean, you say you don't, you don't like it. So tell me, tell me more. And then you kind of put all of these, all the stuff together and look at what you can really do. Because if it's one person, okay, whatever. But if it's like 10, 20, 30, you need to listen because they're giving you feedback that you can use to improve your story. But it's definitely not easy because yeah, Taking, like, as, as I said before, right, there's not really that many books that talk about the mindset of writing. Um, there's this really old book by Dorothea Brand, Brandy, but she is, she was literally a fascist. Like, she was a self-proclaimed fascist in the 1930s. Um, and it's like, I'm very hard to recommend that book for that reason. But it is a good guide, I guess. But someone needs to redo it at some point. Maybe I will. Yeah. But to get yeah, to the point. be a bestseller. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 thinking about calling it feeling all right with W, or the right feeling. I'm not quite sure. Um, there needs to be a pun in there, obviously. Well, puns um, catch people's eyes for for sure. Absolutely, 
good good titles will draw in a lot of people. <laughs> That's why I I hate Mother of Learning for having just the perfect title for a time loop story. Okay. Nobody's ever going to beat that. Tell, I never got that it was a pun. Repetition is the mother of learning. I have、it's、never heard the、saying. idiom outside of that book. Okay, well, it's an old saying, and、uh, yeah, perfect for a time loop. Yeah.、Uh, oh so, yeah. I love the story, but I hate him a little bit for setting the standard so high because nobody's ever going to match <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, um, there, there, there's some, there's some really cool ones, uh, but I. I got, I got what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay,、um, but we talked about your book. We talked about、uh, the best advice you've ever gotten as a writer.、Uh, but you mentioned something earlier in the podcast, like about forty-five minutes ago, which I'm sure you remember. <laughs> That yeah, was about.、Uh, I definitely don't have to write things down to remember them. <laughs> um, um, me neither.、Uh, it says here. No, you you made some mistakes. You said in the first book, and then that you、uh, redeemed in in Kieran. Do you want to talk more about that a little bit more? Because this is this is the part where we talk about fixing your own mistakes and what you've learned from writing. Sure.、Um, so when I say I made some mistakes, I mostly mean that I did not know my audience well enough.、Mm -hmm. um, not to say that I think this was a bad book and I need to rewrite it because I totally screwed up this thing. Just、mm -hmm. that. When I first started writing it, I had never like had a large following, so I didn't have anybody complaining about things they didn't like. So, like one thing I learned is that Royal Road does not want to read about mental illnesses. We don't want to talk、oh. about PTSD. PTSD. We don't want to talk about、oh, panic、no. attacks. We don't want to、oh, talk about、no. any of that.、Oh, Some、no. people are fine with it, but the majority are like, "No, get that crap out of here! I don't want to read about how he's, you know, struggling with that." So you know how there's like a million isekai lit RPGs where they get pulled into this world and they immediately start slaughtering things like the murder hobos they were in D and D,、mm -hmm. and nobody ever、yeah. gets PTSD. Nobody ever, ever, you know, is concerned about the fact that they just took a human life or that they're fighting for their life or that one mistake could be the end of their life. They just accept、yeah. it and move on, and it's not realistic at all. Yeah, but nobody、What、wants is... to read that like twenty chapters where they struggle and come to terms with their new violent lifestyle. So.、Yeah. Stories that、always... do well aren't going to have that because most people don't want to see it. So it's a lot of stuff like that.、Um, As a quick aside, I just、sure. sunk into my chair because all Torchbearers a story about PTSD. Yes, <laughs> first and foremost. And so that that's what was.、Though. Yeah, one second, because I would love to hear that. But what was funny about it when you mentioned earlier that your main character got reincarnated. And there was no mana anywhere. Right in Torchbearer is the exact opposite way. She got reincarnated, and she only she had this power, and suddenly the power is everywhere. So super interesting, super funny. But that was just a, as an aside. You were going to say though about PTSD stories, right? So when I say that, a story about mental illnesses that focuses on it is different than a story where it's、mm -hmm. adventure and action and fantasy. Oh,、mm -hmm. and also mental illnesses,、mm -hmm. because it would be realistic for somebody to be kind of messed up, having to go through that kind of stuff and have some trauma from it.、Mm -hmm. They don't want a story that's not about that to include that.、Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I'm sure there's going to be somebody in the comments going, "But I love stories like that." But 
those people are very much in the minority. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to my yeah. next point. Don't go to threads on Reddit that are titled things like, what are things that you hate about progression fantasy or what are your big pet thieves and look for inspiration in there? Because that is a very small vocal minority complaining about very popular tropes that are popular for a reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most people like just, they just read stuff and then they're cool with it. I think uh, uh, all of progression fantasy is very, very much escapism. And I think uh, Benjamin Carre does the best version of this, where his main his books are about loss and grief, but they are all packaged in a very fun way, right? Oh, great! I was reincarnated as a farmer. The entire first three books, um, or first two books, I should say, are just about this guy doing whatever, but coming to terms with the fact that he's never going to find his family again, right, or see his family again. And I think that's awesome because it's done in such a way that's fun. It's intriguing. Um, numbers are going up. There's dopamine rushes. But you still get these moments of like, yeah, actually, this is a little bit sad. So, yeah. But as I said, it's escapism. And that's not a bad thing because everyone will tell you, like all the authors I've interviewed, people need that right now. A little bit, yeah. Um, it's been a trying couple of years. We've had a lot going on. Yeah, that's very true. Um, well, but, but yeah. What gets bad gets better. Hopefully. Yes. Um, until so, then, there's Royal Road. And you can read all sorts Road, of stuff exactly. where things aren't quite so bad. Or they're bad in different unfamiliar ways that you can't sympathize with, so it's okay. <laughs> or they're bad, but the person you empathize with most in the book has the power to change them, right? And that's yes, also cool. That, that's a big thing is the characters have to have agency. Hmm. They, they, at least your main character, if nobody else, has to be able to have the tools and the knowledge, the power to affect a change in a positive way. Hmm. Um, characters that just kind of get dragged along by the story that are more victims of the plot rather than the heroes hmm. of it, don't tend to do as well on Royal Road. Mm. Yep. 100% underlined. Like, I also think that's, that's something that most people who are, who come into this podcast talk about. Agency is critical. Um, I've, I've just started reading Kill Six Billion Demons, which is not a Royal Road novel. It's a web cartoon. It is insanely good, um, but it's confusing as hell. And through the first three chapters, which is, I think, 50 pages of comic, um, the main character literally gets dragged along, like literally. And they make it work somehow. I have no idea how, but they make it work. It's really good. Right. But I'm assuming after that, he starts taking control of his own life again. And she. then you get to see him rising. She see mm -hmm. her rising back up from the lows at the beginning of the story. Yeah, there's quite literally a moment where she asks where she asks herself like, "Hey, uh, who am I actually?" So, am I a kind of person who runs away from these things? And she used to be, but she has the sort of want, and so ah, I should really shouldn't spoil. It's really good. Um, it's arcane and eldritch, but it's very very good. That sounds interesting. I'm gonna go look it up and see how much I can read for free. 
Uh, I think yeah, it's like ten chapters. Like it's it's been running for ages, but um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of the books that I would love to be able to write um, because the world is completely batshit insane. Um, there's references to at least fifteen different faiths that I have counted, and everything has metaphorical meaning. It's great, but um, I can also see why that's not something that most people would enjoy. So we'll see. Well, that's the great thing about books is there's so many that even if you don't like the one you're reading, you can always find another one. Exactly. The chances of you running out of books that you like are zero. Like there's always going to be more books. You just have to find them. Basically. Now they might not be free. Great thing about Royal Road, low barrier to entry to find a huge catalog of things to read because so much is free. Yeah. Um, and and it, it forms this this like community of people like, hey, I've read this. Can you recommend that? And yeah, that's pretty cool. Yep. Um Okay, so works. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Kindle you said, works the same way with just a slightly more expensive barrier of entry. Yeah. You give them ten dollars or twelve or whatever it's up to now, mm. and you've got billions of words to read, you'll find something you like in there. Yeah. And so to get back to the to the point we were making earlier. Um, right. your big takeaway from, you know, writing and then learning was to not necessarily go against the meta just for the sake of it. Yes, that's, that's pretty accurate. Okay. Um, I think that was part of my problem with my second book was that I did go into threads on Reddit that said, what are your pet peeves? And thought I could write a book that explains that I could, mm-hmm. you know, justify that in the plot. And it, I mean, it wasn't unpopular, but I think it would have been a better story if I hadn't taken any inspiration from what tropes are you tired of seeing? I, I don't like, this is not, not, not about you. All right. So, but I'm, I still want to say this because it's important to me and that is, I would recommend against any shape or way or form of letting other people dictate what kind of book you want to write. Right. So, um, yes, Royal Road is a great place for progression fantasy that is male focused. Numbers go up, escapism, lots of agency. That doesn't mean that your book, just because it isn't good on Royal Road, is not a good book or that it won't sell or whatever. Right. right. You just have to find your audience. There's also Wattpad, there is uh, Scribble Hub. Um, there's some other pages that, uh, are really huge. People are still posting stuff on like, uh, um, DeviantArt, right? DeviantArt has a, has a, has a literary community. So, oh, that's news to me. Right. Yeah. You just need to find your place, um, and collect people that like your story. And if there's like mechanically something wrong with it, people will let you know. And then you have to listen and fix it. But the rest is just yeah. taste. Yep. I will say that you shouldn't let other people dictate how you write your story. But at the same time, you should also keep in mind who your audience is. Yeah. If I'm trying to write a story that I want to publish on Royal Road, yes, I've got a list of half a dozen topics that I'm just going to avoid. Mm-hmm. I feel okay making those compromises and not writing about those things because I know that mm-hmm. it will cause pushback from my audience. And the... Th- I think that's where we differ. Uh, maybe I'm just not as mature as you are yet, but um, I wouldn't do that. I will write what I want to write, and I think my books are better for it. 
because right. um, well, I'm still writing what I want to write, mm. but it's like if you come to a fork in the road and you can go to mm. A or you can go to B, mm. but you know what going to B is going to make people mad, and they're both going to lead to the same spot in the end anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm okay with just going to A. Mm. Oh, that's yeah, that's very true. Yeah, um, I can see where you're coming from, definitely. So, yeah. not going out of your way uh, in a way to um, right. m do something new for the sake of newness. Completely agree with you. But for example, I could have written Torchbearer as a male protagonist because there was a choice at the beginning and I didn't, right? right. Because I just that's, don't want to write it. That's not something I care about. There's going to be people who don't like having a female main character yeah. and that's fine. Just don't read it if I write a story that has a female main character. It yeah, doesn't bother sense. me at all. But that would be what you, what you said, right? Um, you are going to lose, I think it's about 20% of potential readership. Right. Um, just because you're writing female MC or you're writing sci-fi. I mean, I don't write sci-fi, but yeah. people still, so, uh, yeah. I, I don't want to write sci-fi. Uh, I considered it, but, uh, you know, those people who will like pick apart your numbers and lit RPGs, mm -hmm. they are way more prevalent in sci-fi and I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Like those people are like, that's not how a hard light fusion drive reactor would work. And I'm like, what is a hard light <laughs> fusion drive reactor? What does it have to do with what I wrote? What, what, what do you mean? What, what, what's a bosone? What? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, not into the science stuff. I can just wave yeah. my hand and be like, magic. And this is why science fantasy is amazing. You can make tech look great and then literally write... At one point, we all thought that the magic was all that held technology together. Period. Like, that's it. Yes. It's a sad explanation. But, but that doesn't yeah, satisfy I, some people because they want hard sci-fi that is, like, grounded in realistic principles of the universe. And I'm like, I don't know what those principles are, so go look somewhere else. I mean, like, remember that time when Star Wars tried to appeal to hard sci-fi fans? No. Where they... Where they explained, you know, the Jedi's exist because of these like weird bacteria. I have no idea what they were called, Chloridians, Meridians, whatever, right? And yeah, I think. Thank you. I'm actually not a Star Wars fan, but uh, that was referenced in Parks and Rec in one episode, so I remember it. Yeah, but right. So don't mix that, right? So like, if you want, if you want to write fantasy in space. Write fantasy in space if you want to write. Yeah, again, we're back to the to the don't appeal to your don't appeal to people who are not your audience. I think don't that's a very good point. To, don't try to appease people who aren't your audience. Is how I want yeah, to there say you go. that. Yeah, definitely um, good. But but yeah, I I feel like I have a much better grasp on my audience on Royal Road now than I did mm. a year ago, mm. and it's kind of like writing to a prompt, but in reverse. Mm. Instead of saying I need to make a story out of this prompt they've given me, it's I need to make a story while avoiding these four things. Uh, okay. And then inside that constraints, I have all the creative freedom I could ever want. Mm. And because there are, you know, a thousand ways something could go, it works for yeah. me. I, there's this joke on the author community that I'm in um, where I am writing Royal Road on hard mode. And then I... I talked to them about this new idea that I had that I was writing and that I actually wrote um, won't spoil here but and they, they were like no you're not you're not writing you're not writing on hard mode anymore this is hell mode like you are literally in hell mode like this is what are you doing but story still story still kicked off and like 
like you said at the, at the start, like tie a nice bow around it. I'm not writing for the money. I'm writing to see, hey, can I trick people who actually might not might not think they would like this to actually like this? You know, can I put kale in this in the smoothie and make people like it still? Um, because it's fun to me. Um, it's fun to pay people to 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 offer people something that might broaden their horizons um, and might make them think. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the challenge. Speaking of challenges, sure. Because we need to look at the time. Um, right. What's one book that you love and why is it awesome? Book that I love and why is it awesome? Well, I read a ton of books and uh, most of them aren't online. I have a rather huge collection of paperbacks and hardcovers. But let's exclude all of those because I'm a web serial author and talk about just web serials for now so I can cut this down a little bit. Um. If I had to pick my favorite web series of all time, I'm going to narrow it down to either Worm or Mother of Learning. And okay. I think I'm going to go with Mother of Learning because uh, as much as I liked Worm, I definitely preferred the pre-time skip section of the story to the post-time skip section. Mm-hmm. And also because I'm a sucker for magic schools. <laughs> and after reading Mother of Learning, I'm like, time loops are also pretty cool because he did such a good job on that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say mother of learning just kind of hit a lot of the right notes for me. Um, I liked the setting. I liked the ideas. Um, it just worked. And I recently learned that apparently the guy who wrote it is English as a second language. Yep. I which, think he's uh, Ukrainian Russian. I'm not sure. I just know that I would not have guessed it mm-hmm. from reading mother of learning. Mm-hmm. There were a couple things where I'm like, that's kind of a weird way to say it, but I mean, have you read we Perfect Run? That, What's that? Perfect Run? Perfect Run. I mm-hmm. read the first book. That's also pretty good. Uh, I haven't read any of the other ones. One day when I get Kindle Unlimited, I will, but not yet. It's not on KU. It's, it's because not. it's always, it's free on, the entire thing is free on Railroad, so it can't be on KU. Maxime said that he won't put it on I, KU either. I thought there were additional volumes after the first one. They are, but they're all on Railroad. Huh. Okay, well, I know what I'm doing this weekend then. <laughs> this is and, news and, to me. I thought that like there were four volumes of it, and only the first one was on Royal Road, and the other ones were all on Kindle. On no, no, there's 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 three volumes, and hmm. they're all on. RR. Are they are they like three separate entries and not just one fiction number? Maybe let me check this. Is, is Royal Road back up yet? I guess is what I should be asking right now. It, Can I go look it, for myself? It, it is, and it's like Mother of Learning, Perfect Run, and Journey of Black and Red. Journey of Black and Red, by the way, mm, oh, it's good. It's it's super weird. It's best completed, and it's it's a non-progression fantasy, female MC, 17th century Southern American vampire story. Like, right. and, and I talk to Mechanimus, and I ask him, like, how are you doing? He's like, I don't know if my writing is good. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, one thing you got to look at too is a lot of those stories, they started three, four, five, six years ago. Mm. Um, so the audience they had and the things they had to overcome in the competition is not the same as people writing those kind of stories today. But, but once you get cemented up in the top of the list, you kind of have a tendency to stay there because you've got perpetual mm. uh, algorithm support pushing your content. And writing is kind of a numbers game, you know. 
better to have yeah. 10,000 happy people and 1,000 unhappy than 2,000 happy and no unhappy. I mean, but wouldn't it, wouldn't, you know, the top one attract a lot of people who want to read it and then who don't like it and then, you know, 0.5 star it? You said numbers game. Mm. Um, if 20% of people who don't read it or 20% of people who read your story don't like it and you only have 1,000 people who read it, then 200 mm. people didn't like it. But if you mm. have 10,000 who read it, that's still 8,000 people more who liked it than who didn't mm. if you have a bigger audience. Hmm. Um, I mean, so looking at, oh no, magical gold gunslingers off of hiatus. Oh no, my poor trauma response. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, magical sorry. Girl sold gun, magical girl guns. Oh my! I can't talk anymore. MGG. We're gonna edit that part out. Yeah, we're gonna edit the magical entire part out where we're talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the last update she just said she was going on hiatus to write something else, and I'm assuming the author is a woman, and I don't actually know that. Uh, Mikasane? Probably. Uh, well, I mean, I assumed Raven's Dagger was a woman until I started talking to him, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also thought that, um, and uh, uh, I assumed Honor Ray was a man, so <laughs> I, I don't know anything. Um, so yeah. Can't make that assumption. But, Not on the internet. Yeah. 24 days ago. Cool. All right. Um, but okay. yeah, so with with that entire uh, bracket being edited out. Um, excellent. Excellent, yes. Um, I know how to spend, my, to spend my time. Well, I don't have any issues with, you know, going down rabbit holes in my pros. What are you talking about? Um, right. So you picked your book, which was Mother of Learning. Um, yes. And it, yeah, it's a very good pick. Uh, anything yes. in particular that you would say like completely sticks out for you that you would highlight for um, other people to emulate or that you want to emulate? From Mother of Learning specifically, you mean? Mm -hmm. um, it was incredibly consistent with all of the background details that didn't mm -hmm. seem important when you first encountered mm -hmm. them, only to be explored later on in loops. I mm -hmm. cannot even imagine how much work he put into that. And in trying to write my own time loop magic school story, that was the biggest hurdle I encountered was keeping things consistent in the background because, no, it doesn't matter what those people are doing right now, but it might in 30 chapters when the protagonist repeats this scene for the 20th time, but now she's going in a different direction because, yes, I had a female lead in my time loop magic school story. Did you publish that? Nope, I've got about five chapters written and like one diehard fan who's like, have you written any more of that yet? Ready to, <laughs> to go public with that so I can read it? And I'm like, no, still working on it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're already just sliding into the shout out territory. Do you want to do some shout outs? I mean, sure. I, I like, why do you want to shout out Quill and who do you want to shout out? Right. Well, like I said earlier, I'm going to shout out Quill because... Quill is the man who gave me, like, all the good advice on the nuts and bolts of being an author, specifically on Royal Road, not just a guy writing a story, but how to succeed on the platform that I'm on. So, you know, like I said, I'm going to shout out him. Uh, he's writing Firebrand right now. Um, it really doesn't give it as much love as it deserves. I think it's a really good story. Um, but uh, it could use a bigger following than it has. So go check that out. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see, next time I shuttle this, I want to shout out Raven's Dagger. I already talked about him. He is kind of like an awesome, amazing person. Uh, I don't know how he manages to like maintain his public composure and persona so well. But like, you know, people were like, what would Jesus do? I'm like, what would Raven's Dagger do? <laughs> Into a situation where I'm like, I'm getting upset about something. I'm getting irate. How would Raven's Dagger answer this question? What would he say? Yeah. I don't always follow it, but like the man is just an inspiration for being a wholesome, good person. And, you know, also he's a workaholic who's released like 20 books and is constantly writing like six books at six once. Six books at once. He, yeah, um... like, for example, he's got a new one out right now. It's on Rising Stars. I think it's at number six or seven. Yeah. That uh, the marketing is yeah. not great on that one because it kind of sounds like a rom- a rom com, but it's actually like Warhammer 40k fanfic. So uh, it's really yeah. good, but it's really not what you'd expect by the title. Yeah. Um, but and that's the, okay he... because uh, one thing he told me when we were talking months ago was the philosophy of one for you, one for me. Write a story mm. just for yourself, what you mm. want to write, without any concern for what anybody else might care about. And then write the story that, you know, is for your audience and mm. then write another one for yourself and one for mm. your audience. That way you can still do anything you ever want and also pay your bills at the same time. <laughs> if you can write six stories at once. Yes, Ravensdagger. That is very true. Yes, you, you, do have to, you do have to be able to multitask. But even if you yeah. can't, you can still write them one at a time. Uh, I mean, I do have two other shout outs I want to do before we get away from that territory. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, no, Go actually, ahead. don't wait. Like, cut this entire part. Like, cut the my saying wait else, please. Yes, two more shoutouts. Okay. Okay. So, unstoppable juggernaut, guy who writes Mark of the Fool. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just an awesome guy, super friendly, super mm-hmm. helpful. Um, and Cementus, the guy who writes Path of Ascension, same deal, mm-hmm. super helpful, super friendly. They're way bigger than I'll ever be, but they still will just you know chat. What's up? How's it going? be friends with me and they didn't have to i was just some no-name author who like pestered them for some help and then mm-hmm. the friendship kind of developed from there so guy who writes mark of the cool. fool guy who writes path of ascension also awesome books if you haven't checked them out which who hasn't by now but if you haven't you should i think path of ascension is still very much a um uh secret tip um it's a it's a cultivation story in space but you don't notice space a lot it's really good uh, it's more into the space now that they've gotten stronger, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the early ones is, I think he described it as a lit RPG car with a cultivation engine or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. the exact description, but I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate yeah. So that's my shout out list of people who, you know, have helped me, have inspired me, um, who are just general all around awesome people that I'm really mm-hmm. happy to have as part of my life. Yeah. Nothing to add to that. Um, cool. Well, with that being said, I think it is part. It is past time for us to end the official part of the main podcast that is on YouTube, and we are going to continue talking after a quick break. Um, and you can find that if you listen to this on Patreon. Um, I would love to have you. Uh, you can find the link to my Patreon down below this episode and if you're uh yeah i think even if you're on um oh god i added this so hard yeah i think even if you're on spotify you can still find everything down below if not it's 
linktr.ee slash maddox3, no dash, and cool. I hope we're going to see you there. And you, emergency complaints, and I, we're going to have words. Uh Any any, any last words? Words were bad. (laughs) No, I think uh, I feel like I've accomplished all of my goals on this podcast. Subscribe to his Patreon because there's probably some good stuff. But if I tell you what it is, then you wouldn't go there and pay for it. You can listen to more of Emergency Complaints and myself after the break. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.